The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. And so today is what we call Vision Sunday. Now we like to do this uh, every once in a year to get everybody uh, uh, to remember the vision, to be reminded of the vision. We like to put the vision in front of us uh, so that we can, uh, you know, uh, 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 run with purpose, right? And so why Vision Sunday? If you go to Habakkuk or uh, uh, Habakkuk, depending on where you're from, right? Habakkuk. Oh, Habakkuk 2, chapter number 2, verse 2, uh, I'm reading in the New King James Bible. It says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision down and make it plain on uh, tablets, that he may run who reads it. And so the vision must be written down and uh, it must also be plain. In other words, uh, easy to understand. And uh, this is the vision that the Lord gave to Pastor C and I. Remember, uh, the date was the 24th of November. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Lord began to speak to me about Faith Hill Church and uh, what we were to do. And uh, so on that particular following weekend, we actually made a call to our friends and invited them and we shared this vision. And there were about 21 people that came to our living room uh, that day. By show of hands, who was there? 21, who was part of that? I see uh, Tinashe here. I see Chucks and Linda there. So it may have been three out of the 21, only three Ooh, that's bad. That's, that's, that's bad. Only three remaining soldiers. Everybody else, we're, we're nowhere to be found. But, you know, we moved from 21, and the following Sunday, you know, we grew to, we grew to 14. Oh, Marshall was part of the 14. He came the following, the following Sunday, right? Yeah, so he came, and he was part of the 14. And uh, Tari wouldn't even come with him, because she said, man, I don't know what y'all are doing up there. It's just... <laughs> crazy she wouldn't so she sent him for for a bit and he came by himself for like a year and then she joined and she never left you know <laughs> and so you know uh we grew to seven the following sun and then we grew to uh five i think or five or, you know and that was the real church the lord said now the work has started and uh, so i say this to say you know once god has given the vision it's our responsibility to put two hands on the plow and jesus said when you put those two hands on the plow don't look back amen he says when you do uh in fact if you read uh verse three of this scripture right he says though the vision may tarry or be delayed it will still surely come to pass Amen. But the reason we have to share vision is because the Bible says, so that he may run, he who reads it. In other words, uh, uh, God wants us to, to get this posture of running. And running, really, according to scripture, is a posture of passion. God wants you and I to live lives filled with passion. God doesn't want you to just leave, ah, say, say, you know, what's going on? God wants you to be fired up. He says in the book of Revelations, you are neither hot or cold. Man, pick a side. Amen? Amen. 
He says, you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out. He wants you to be on fire for something. God wants you to show up for something. Can I get an amen? And this is why he gives us a vision. It is so that we can get fired up uh, for something and live our lives uh, with, with purpose. If you read in Proverbs 29, verse 18, in the King James Bible, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. If you read the same scripture in the NIV, it says where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. In other words, people become ill-disciplined. Everything goes where there is no vision. Amen? If you read it in the NLT, it says where there is no vision, people run wild. Now, I'm going to be sharing with you the vision God has given to Pastor C and I about faith in church, but I believe this can be translated in your own personal life, in, in, in your business, and whatever you're doing. You can literally take some of these principles. They, they are guiding principles for life. Once you have vision, you have a goal to shoot at, and man, it keeps you in check. You know, I was talking to... Uh, some students, you know, yesterday, Marshall and I were in Durban at the Caris Bible College in Durban, and uh, we were teaching at what they call Caris Day, you know, where they exhibit the school and stuff, and so we got to teach there, and some of the students came to me afterwards, and they said, man, um, I, I guess it was, you know, some of the things I was teaching there, and so they were quite uh, interested in picking my brain on some stuff, and they said, man, I wonder what goes on in your head, and so in that moment, you know, I thought, man, let me come up with I'm deep, you know, I mean, after all, <laughs> after all, I'm the guest preacher, you know what I mean? I mean, what goes on in my head? I got to come up with something deep, right? And so, but when I thought about it, I said, what, what really goes on in my head? And I found out that my, man, my head space is boring. I found out that there are about three things max that go on in my head. The first one is God. You know, I'm thinking about God all the time. The second one is my wife. You know, we're celebrating 12 years. And man, I'm thinking about my wife. You know, thinking about you, baby. Right? Right? And the, and the third one... The gift, you're bring the gift? Oh, the gift. I don't know about the gift. I don't know about the gift. Jesus is going to burn all these nut material things anyway when he comes to... He's going to burn all that stuff. He can't be spending money on... On these handbags, Jesus is going to burn them. Amen. <laughs> and I thought the third thing that I'm always constantly thinking about is the vision that God has given to us. You know, I'm constantly thinking about, you know, what is the vision? How, what are we doing to reach more people and so on and so forth? Amen. And so uh, uh, the vision for Faith Hill Church, you know, you may ask, is simply three words. You know, God had to make it plain for me so that I get it. You know, I'm not deep and so I needed something simple so we can, we can work with something, right? And so when, when God gave us that vision, or at least, you know, me, uh, at 1.30 in the morning, he gave me three words. I, Thought, Lord, come on, give me something more deep. He said, that's deep enough, and you can do these three words for your entire lifetime. I said, okay, what's this about? And the Lord said this to me. I remember the Lord said this to me. He said, the word of God ought to be the foundation for everything that you do. He said to me, the word of God ought to be the foundation for everything that you do. I said, uh, what's up with that, Lord? And he took me to Psalm uh, 11, verse 3. And the scripture says over there in Psalm 11, verse 3, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? In other words, if we are to stand firm in this life and uh, live victorious and lead others to live victorious, the only thing we need, brothers and sisters, is the word of God. 
You know, I was saying in the first service, we are in the last of the last of the last days, you know. Uh, last week I googled, uh, you know, because Jesus, if you read in Matthew chapter number 24, he tells us all these signs will begin to happen. When, and then you know that my, you know, uh, a time for return is, is getting close. And one of the things was uh, earthquakes. And so I went and I googled if there were any earthquakes. And I found out that in two days, between the 10th and the 12th of October, there had been about 35 earthquakes in all the different parts of the world. And so Jesus said when these things start to happen, they are what he called uh, uh, labor pains. And he said, you know, uh, way back in the 90s, they used to happen, you know, uh, once every six months, right? You have an earthquake today. The next one is going to be in June. Just kind of like when a, a, a woman is getting ready to give birth, uh, the, the labor pains, you know, I don't know, but I read it somewhere, right? The labor pains start to uh, uh, get closer to each other and become more frequent, right? Is that true, ladies? Is that true? And so that's what's happening. That's what's happening with the earth. The earth is, is, is getting ready to give birth to the new dispensation, you know, which is the dispensation of our Lord and Savior, the millennial reign, where Jesus Christ himself uh, will be the king. It's going to be the most awesome government you've ever experienced. It's going to be fun. You know why? Because you won't see any sick people. You won't see any sad people. You won't see any anxious people, stressed out people. You won't see any hungry people. You won't see any cripples in there because Jesus will take care of it all. He will fix every little broken thing. Come, Lord Jesus. I get excited. Uh, just one that's right over here. You know, some of you like this. This place is messed up. In case you haven't noticed, man, this place is a mess. You go around, I get to interact with people and I go to different places. Man, people are broken and the enemy is really taking advantage of people. Amen? And so the foundation for what we do uh, at Faith Hill Church is the Word of God. We, we really truly believe that when a life is founded on God's Word, uh, it's going to be, number one, worth living, and number two, it's going to be a victorious life. Jesus shared a parable in Matthew chapter number 7 of two carpenters. You know, he didn't say builders, which is interesting, right? He said carpenters building a house. I guess they used wood to build uh, those houses. So Jesus said the two carpenters uh, built two houses, beautiful houses. You know, Tafara Vision, three-story houses. They were beautiful from the outside. And nothing wrong with the house. And Jesus said there was nothing wrong with the house except the location the house was built. The other one was built on uh, 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 solid ground, solid uh, rock. The other one was built on the sandy beach. And the way he distinguished them was the solid rock is a life that is built on his words. And this is why the word of God forms the foundation uh, for everything that we do because we're trying to get you or at least the people that God allows us to minister to to build their lives on the word of God and nothing else. Just the word. And he said the other one who built over here on opinions and emotionalism and, and things of that nature, man, that thing was shaky when the storm rolled in. He didn't say if. He said when. When the storm rolled in, he said this in the Message Bible, it collapsed like a deck of cards, that house. And so the key, brothers and sisters, is to build our lives on the word of God. You know, I get to officiate weddings and all of them are beautiful on the outside. Everybody wears a nice dress at their wedding. Get nice uh, makeup. The makeup lady, we need a petition for the makeup lady to come on time. Because the pastor is always waiting to start the wedding. What happened? The makeup lady is still, is, still, is still on their way. They just, man. 
And so, 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 everything is beautiful, except once they get into it, they will either build it on the sandy beach of Instagram or on the solid rock of his word. Can I get an amen? Amen. And whatever you build on, on the sandy beach of Instagram, you're going to be found out when the storm rolls in. It didn't say if, it says when. And so we need to train people to, to, to be grounded in God's word. If you read in Mark chapter number 4, verse 14, uh, Jesus calls the word of God the seed, uh, which is uh, uh, sperma in the, in the Greek. And, and really, guys, the word of God is, is, is not a tool for bashing people. And arguing with people. The word of God is the foundation to build a life on. Amen. Amen. It is seed that is meant to be planted in the hearts of men with the goal of producing a fruit. And so when we bring the word, we bring it with a, with a heart to, to build our lives uh, that produce after its kind. They say to some 30, some 60, and to most 100 fold. In John chapter number 6, verse 63, Jesus said the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And so we really center everything that we do uh, uh, here at Faith Hill Church uh, around the Word of God. And it's not around any personality. Uh, um, I even fight my, my, my eldership team. I, I, I told them I won't even get a real pulpit because I don't want the people to think it, the power is in the pulpit. I won't even dress up because I don't want them to think the power is in the suit. <laughs> I won't even have a throne, you know, chair throne to, to, to try and distinguish myself. See, because I tell my elders, I say, if you point people to yourself, ha, one day they're going to find out you are not that great anyway. And they're going to be offended at you. Man, when you point people to yourself, sooner or later they're going to find out you don't have enough money to take care of all their problems. Yeah. Oh, they're going to find out, nah, that's not what I thought. And they're going to find out you're not that powerful to fix all their problems. They're going to find out you don't have enough time to be with them when they really need you. And they're going to be offended at you. You know, we were at the minister's conference and um, Andrew Womack was teaching us the same principle. He said when people move to, to Colorado, they, they, they go to the college there, they're looking to Andrew, they're thinking, man, Andrew is going to heal me. Andrew ain't going to heal you. It's Jesus that heals you. And so they go three years, they don't receive their healing, they get offended at Andrew because they were looking at the wrong person. And so instead of pointing people to yourself, point them to the word. It is the word that's going to sustain them. Can I get an amen? It's the word that is at the center of everything that we do. In fact, if you read Psalm 119, it's the longest chapter in the Bible, and every verse in that chapter talks about the importance of God's word. One thing, and one thing only. He's talking about the importance uh, of God's word. Can I get an amen? And so we believe that when we teach the word, there's going to be some transformation. Uh, there's going to be some change. And yet, Faithful Church, we only measure success by the transformed lives of the people. 
That's how we measure success. It's not by the budget. It's not by how many people came. It's by how many people have been transformed, how many people have been healed, how many people have been set free. In fact, last week we had a, a testimony, a powerful testimony. Uh, 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 now she was going in for surgery, and uh, they were going to cut her up, slit her open, and do a surgery in there. And just before they did it, you know, they found out that the thing had uh, uh, dissolved and there was nothing to be operated on. That's a powerful testimony that happened. There and we also uh, got a phone call from this one doctor a few months ago, and she said, "Hey, thank you for your podcast and your teachings that you're putting out there." She's actually gotten in the habit of also prescribing the podcast to her patients as part of the prescription regimen that she gives to them. So she says she gives them pills. She says, "In the natural man, you need to take these uh, morning, afternoon, and evening with food, but you also got to listen to this thing. It's gonna set you free." Why? Because it is the word of God that sets people free. Can I get an amen? And so we believe that when you sit under the word, there's going to be uh, some transformation. Romans chapter number 12 verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. It is the word of God that brings transformation, that brings change. Amen? Amen. You want to change life? You got to sit under the word and allow the word of God to rewrite the program of your thinking. You know, sometimes, you know, uh, um, 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 people have this false sense that God has favorites. You know, he he shows that one uh, favor and he doesn't show that one. God treats us all the same. The thing that's stopping you from really tapping into your breakthrough is your own thinking. I found out the hard way. That, that the world, it says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. The world had written a, a, a software of, of scarcity in my thinking. You know, maybe because of the environment I grew up in, the things that were said to me, I, I was sharing with them that when we grew up as boys, what they would do is they would uh, go to the village and eat food. They would sit us all around two uh, big plates, you know, one plate of, of, of pop. And one plate of uh, stew with meat in there. Six of us sitting around this place on your marks. Get set, go. And you had to go in as fast as you could. And they were training us in scarcity. They didn't see that. They didn't realize that to the point where, you know, when I started uh, dating my beautiful wife, I remember, uh, uh, you know, we started getting comfortable. We went to a very expensive restaurant. They served food. And, uh, and, and they served food. Man, I was going at it. Because, you know, anyone, anyone across from the table, uh, they're not my partner. They're competition. You know, I'm going in. <laughs> And it didn't help. It didn't help. You know what didn't help? It didn't help that she would order her food, but she would extend her fork to my plate. Get, get your hands off my food. Get your hands off my food. That's my food. Mine. Get your hands off my food. That's my food. What happened? What happened was life trained my thinking in scarcity. Amen? And so I needed God's word to fix my scarcity and bring me into abundance. Can I get an amen? Now, this, this, uh, all the brothers, all the brothers know what I'm talking about. Yeah. She wants to see what you're eating, right? She wants to share your food, right? <laughs> and so the, the word of God is going to bring transformation. It, it's going to change lives. Can I get an amen? And so... Uh, uh, after you're transformed, we believe that it's time to engage. 
you know, when, when, when you come in here, one way, we're going to teach you the word. There's going to be some transformation. And after you're trans- transformed, we believe it's time to engage. Uh, this is uh, what we call the apprenticeship, or we call it the training ground, is engaged because we really uh, believe that God has called us to reach the world. He has called us to train leaders that will uh, turn the world uh, right side up. In fact, as we were launching, God called us, you know, uh, to plant 10 churches in 10 different cities. And right now, we are in the process of planting. We, we already planted a church in Durban, and they're flying. They're doing really well. Pastor Denz and Vilo, we were with them yesterday, and they gave us such a powerful report of what's happening in Durban. People's lives being transformed. People are getting healed. Man, it's just amazing what's happening there. And uh, we also have Sipo and Amanda, who have launched uh, a small community group in Lincoln in the UK, right? And uh, they're doing amazing things there. We're going to show you some uh, pictures here. I think the group, they, their first picnic, right? Let's see if we can... Uh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get to it, right? But they, they, um, they, 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 uh, they, they're doing amazing things out there, right? And so on Engage, we have what we call the four pillars of engaging or four uh, uh, pillars that's going to help us train leaders. And right uh, uh, at the center of all these four pillars is uh, generosity. We believe that this is a, an, an, a powerful uh, place for us to train leaders. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 21, uh, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And so one of the ways to check if uh, you know someone is, is plugged into the vision is to just uh, uh, see if they're generous towards the vision, and it's going to help us to uh, really train train leaders that are generous, because generosity is, is a God idea, it's a God uh, a quality, and I believe that great leaders ought to be generous leaders. Can I get an amen? And so we truly believe uh, that this is a pillar uh, that someone can begin to engage uh, with the vision. And the second pillar that we believe uh, you and I can engage with the vision is missional thinking. Uh, what is missional thinking? Missional thinking is simply this, being externally focused instead of uh, being internally focused. And so I always train my leaders to be externally focused. The big question is, how can we reach more people? How can we change the world? The big question is never, let's fight about the color of the carpet. Because that's not going to change anyone's life. Can I get an Amen. amen. You know, we're always externally focused and because we want to reach the world. And this is what I was talking about, our Durban campus, right? You may not be able to see the, the pictures, but I can guarantee you there are people in those slides. Amen? <laughs> uh, amen. And uh, this is the United Kingdom life group, right? Uh, they had about... Uh, 30 people come out. I was talking to Sipo, and he said there were about 30 people come out. And I was curious, right? Because uh, Sipo has just been out there for less than six months. And uh, so I asked him, I said, dude, how, did, how were you able to mobilize uh, all these people? And, and, and he said, I haven't changed anything. What I was doing when I was at Four Ways is the same thing I'm doing while I'm here in the UK. And man, it works. It works like a charm. And he's, he's already put together a group of uh, people. And uh, Q&I, we're actually going to be in England on Tuesday. We're going to be traveling there and we'll get an opportunity to meet with some of them and uh, do some training there and do some church planting training and so on and so forth. And so it's, it's, it's a lot of fun things uh, that are happening. And uh, we also have 
have 44 active financial partners uh, located throughout the USA who uh, give regularly and they watch all our podcasts and most of them consider themselves faith healers. We actually have a transformation story with one of them, uh, Chris Allen, who's an actor in Hollywood and he works for uh, Disney, he started you know, tuning in and being a part of uh, what we are doing here and he's told me that he's seen such great transformation in his life, in his family, his marriage, and, and things of that nature. So it's uh, lots of fun things that are happening outside of these four walls. It, 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 it's exciting. Amen. Well, uh, one of the things God told us was uh, when we were started uh, building our live streaming department, he said to me, Tafara, you can only fit so much at Eagle's Nest, but you can fit infinite on the internet. And so we want to reach as many people as we can because the church on the internet will never be full. Amen? And so that's why we, we, we do what we do. Uh, the third, and Chris is starting a live group. He, he started it yesterday, right? He started it yesterday, and uh, he's starting one in the Los Angeles area and in the California uh, state. And so you already have uh, people that are plugging in and uh, uh, growing in that regard. We are excited about what the Lord is doing in our community. Amen. And we, uh, the third uh, way you can also get involved with uh, the vision is, we say the first one is to give, the second one is to have a missional thinking, and the third one is to uh, get involved with discipleship. You know, Jesus gave us the great commission to disciple the nations. <laughs> For many, it's become the great omission. You know, they kind of omit it. But really, it's the great commission Jesus wants us to disciple the nations. And we have different ways that we disciple people. We have our Sunday morning gathering, according to Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Do not forsake the gathering together of the saints. We believe that it's a big part of how we disciple people. We also have small community groups that we call life groups. And uh, you can get in there and be discipled. Watch this while you're discipling others. And we also uh, have uh, different things that we do do uh, throughout the year that help us to disciple the culture of our nation, the culture of our community, and we have the Lovers Boot Camp. It helps us really disciple uh, our community in the culture of marriage and how to have a, a marriage that's formed after the kingdom pattern. Amen. And so when we meet every Thursday, we open it up to people in our community. Some of them believers. Uh, on Wednesday, uh, we, we meet people with People in our community, some of them saved, some of them unsaved, some of them from different, you know, uh, backgrounds. And when they come here, they get to hear what the kingdom pattern looks like. And they're plugging in. And really, when they go out there, they get to show the world what marriage should look like according to God's original design. Amen. That in Genesis 2.24, it says, Then shall a man leave his father and his mother, and he shall cleave to his wife and the two shall become uh, one flesh. We also have designer life. It helps us to disciple culture. And this year, 2023 alone, uh, we had, uh, I think, 12 people flying from 15 from Los Angeles. We had people flying from Zimbabwe. We had Botswana, the UK, people of Cape Town, all over the world. People came in and it's, it gives us an opportunity really to disciple culture and to shape 
uh, uh, people's life in that regard. Worship Collective. We have two albums to date. It also helps us to shape uh, culture in that regard. And so these are all the different things that you and I can get involved with as we engage with the vision. Amen? And uh, you can also get involved uh, through serving. Not a single amen. (laughs) Nobody wants to serve. You know, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus actually said the greatest among you is the one who does what? And I, I took it literally. I take it literally. Jesus said if you want to be great, you ought to be the, 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 the biggest one serving. And so when we launched, you know, Faith Through Church, this is a nice story. This, this I'm about to tell you. It's a nice story. When we launched, you know, Faith Through Church, God uh, gave us three words, right? Think big. So this thing is going to be big, but you're always going to start small. And he said, learn fast. So you think big, you start small, but you do what? You learn fast. I was with the students at Caris yesterday. Man, I was picking on them. I was picking on them so hard. I said, man, listen, y'all, y'all think you can just, you know, come out of third year and, and, and fly? It doesn't work like that. Think big, but you're always going to start small. You know, we were at the minister's conference, you know, Andrew Womack, the Andrew Womack. He told us in the 70s, he would come with a guitar and about 12 people would show up and he would lead his own worship. And then after he leads his own worship, he would go back to the back and record his own tapes. And then after he records them, I mean, he runs a multi-million, you know, U.S. dollar ministry now, but everything is going to start small, and it demands that you work on that vision. And so you think big, you start small, but you learn fast. You've got to learn everything. And we teach our church planters. This coming week, we're going to be teaching a lot of church planters from all over the world uh, in the U.K. We're going to be teaching them how to do media. We're going to be teaching them how to do design. We're going to be teaching them how to work a, a website. We're going to be teaching them how to edit videos. Man, I had to learn all this stuff. It just doesn't fall on your head like, you know, ripe cherries falling off a tree. You've got to learn it. You've got to get in the game and learn. And you learn through having a servant's heart. Yeah. Amen. You've got to learn how to work these things if you really want to reach people. And it comes through serving. Get involved. Get your children involved. You know, my mom, really, I had the privilege of having a strict mom. And my mom, from when I was six years old, she told me, she said, all my children will serve the Lord. And so when I was six, we went to a traditional church. Uh, She went and signed me up. I had no choice in the matter. She signed me up for uh, being an altar boy. And so I was the candle carrier in the altar boy from an age of six. I would carry the candle. And then I got promoted and became the bell ringer, you know, when I was 13. You know, and so when the priest would do the Eucharist, I would go, ding, 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 and then I got promoted uh, uh, after the bell ringing, and I became the uh, incense bearer. Now, the incense bearer, you, you are the top. You are the top of the food chain. You're just walking around doing the incense. Just doing, ooh, just doing the incense. And what was fun about the incense was when the preacher started preaching, you could walk out to go and put new coals, you know, in the incense so they can burn. And it took about 40 minutes to hear. <laughs> so you didn't have to hear the preacher. You know? <laughs> so I'd go and put, put coals for 40 minutes. <laughs> 
And then come, I mean, it was, you were at the top of the food chain, right? The incense. And so my parents really taught us how to serve. And I encourage you, you know, I tell the HODs, man, we should be seeing these youth running the show. Because if we're going to turn it over to somebody else to carry the ministry, they should start now. Because I went to this church, St. Luke's Anglican Church, and I'm not picking on them. They taught me a lot. I went to St. Luke's Anglican Church in my, in my 20s, and uh, we had an organ at the back. And uh, only we're not allowed to touch the organ. All the kids were not allowed to touch the organ. And only one person could play the organ and was allowed to touch the organ. And it was uh, uh, Sister Mary Ann. One small problem, Sister Mary Ann was 92 years old. <laughs> And so when Sister Mary Ann went home to be with the Lord, the thing became an ancient relic because she didn't pass it on to anybody. Can I get an amen? And so this is why when you come out here, we say, hey, get your kids involved. We want to see them running over the camera. And I told the HODs, I said, when it comes to the youth, let them run the show. We want to we wanna oversee them. You should, we shouldn't be telling the kids, come on, wake up. We should be telling them, yeah, slow down, yeah, yeah, slow down, yeah, 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 slow down. They should be running the show on fire for Jesus, doing everything. Run the car park, run the youth, run the kids' church. If you want volunteers, they should be doing everything. Grab that guitar and play it out of tune. It's all right. Can I get an amen? You got to train these young people. Amen? You got to train them to serve the Lord. And if you train them to serve the Lord, guess what? We're going to be training leaders uh, that are going to lead our country, leaders that are going to lead in the marketplace. And, and, and really, you know, people are praying for politicians that know how to serve. It starts in the house of the Lord. Amen. Can't have six-year-old divas. No, Kerry, do something. Carry something. You, young man, what are you doing there? Carry something. Can I get an amen? amen. I must serve. That's, that's what happened to us. You know, we, we got opportunities to serve. And it trained us to be, you know, a little uh, reasonable. And so the reason and the goal to uh, really train people around serving is so we can uh, uh, develop people to be fat, right? We want fat leaders. What, what does that mean? It means faithful. Faithful to Jesus, right? You've you got to be faithful to him. Uh, in other words, let your yes be a yes and your no be a no. Right? This is going to uh, teach you how to be a faithful individual, right? In, in life in general, right? Because it starts in the house of the Lord. Judgment starts in the house of the Lord. And so we want uh, to train people to become uh, faithful. We want to uh, 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 create or, or train people who are available. And by available, this is what we tell our HODs. We tell them we, we don't want someone to just come to church uh, to just serve. There must also uh, be a balance. You remember the story of Martha and Mary? You know, Martha was over-serving. And Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. There's a thing called over-sitting as well. Can I get an amen? That's why Jesus said the greatest among you is the one who does what? Serve. So you can't oversit, but you can't also overserve. Because then your relationship with Jesus shouldn't be a, a work. You know, going to church shouldn't be going to work, but also there's a place where you want to serve somebody else. And it, it teaches you to start learning how to release the fruit of the Spirit. Because trust me, serving a church will teach you one or two things about being patient. Oh, church folk are crazy. 
Amen? Amen. And so it's going to train you up for, for when you go into the marketplace. It's going to train you to, to still be firm while you are dealing with people with the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? It will train you for life. And this is why we say as part of your engaging, you know, find something uh, that needs to be done and just say, man, I'm going to get involved. I'm going to serve and I'm going to serve somebody else because Jesus has called us to serve. In fact, this is uh, what I tell my, my, my leaders, my eldership team. I say to them, we are not here to be served. And I lead by example. You know, as the church started growing, you know, I had people that came to me and said, man, we want to set up a little I'm a bearer team. I said, man, don't worry. I can carry my own bag. I said, don't worry. I got you. See, because it doesn't make sense to me. I'm a bearer. No one ever, you know, I'm a bearer concept. No one ever, really, no one ever let somebody else carry their sword. Because it might break out and uh, mash, 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 sword, sword, mash. It's too late. Amen. Carry your own sword. Amen. So I tell, I tell them, I say, man, I, I appreciate you and I love you, but man, I'm going to carry my own bag. Amen. I can fix my own meal. I, I do my thing. Amen. And so I tell my leaders, man, you're not here to load it over people. Jesus said it's the Pharisees. That loaded over people. You are here to serve the people. And that's the example that Jesus showed us. What did he do? He served the disciples, watch this now, to the point of washing their feet. So he says, this is how you serve. And so really, leadership in the kingdom of God is about serving the people. It's not what you can get out of it. It's what you can give to the people. Amen? And when you serve with this attitude, I'm telling you, God will train you up. He will raise you up uh, to be a, a leader in his kingdom. He's the one that raises people up. And uh, when he raises you up, man, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm a living witness. Today, as I stand before you, I have more uh, invites to places to speak than I can carry. You know, I turn people down every week. I mean, I get to ten, turn people down and say, man, I can't do it. I'm sorry, I can't do it. I'm sorry, I can't do it. I'm sorry, I can't do it. Because God will promote you when you carry a heart of service. In fact, the only way up in the kingdom of God is down. When you get down to business and you serve people, and my pastor really, Pastor Douglas, he was such a phenomenal uh, a pastor. I, I went to meet with him, and he, he was already traveling and preaching the gospel all over the world. And I said to him, what's the one thing, one thing that you can tell me that's going to make me stay ministering for long? He said, have a servant's heart and keep your heart pure. I asked for one, he gave me two. He says, have a servant's heart. Do you know how to serve people? Is your heart pure? Or are you trying to get something out of it? He said, if you can do those two things for long, man, you will have a successful life in every other sphere. Amen? And so that was me. That's my time. And why don't you stand on your feet? That's our vision. We are here to serve. Amen? Amen. Someone say words. Transform, engage. Amen. Hunt your neighbor and ask them, have you engaged yet? Amen. And get an answer. Get an answer. Get an answer. Awesome.
It's time to engage. Amen. Especially now in the last days, man. You know, I was watching this movie, uh, Driving Cars. What's that movie? Where they drive fast cars. Fast and Furious, you know. Uh, they have these two little tubes in, here in the middle of the uh, two front seats. Anybody ever seen those? I think it's nitrogen or something. Or some, 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 some sort of chemical. And when it's time to speed up, they turn those things on. That's grace. We don't serve from works. We serve from a place of grace. Man, when we turn those, them, them suckers on, me and my team, yeah, we tell, man, we'd never get tired. We go. <laughs> we go. And we keep at it. And it's not us. It's the grace of God. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, that same grace is available for you. It's a grace for relationships. It's a grace for the right people joining your teams. It's a grace uh, for, for, for right strategic ideas. It's a grace just to have an, a, a supernatural energy to do what God has called us to do. He said in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 10, the, uh, the Apostle Paul, he said, I outworked all the other apostles. He said, yet not I, but the grace of God bestowed upon me, which was working through me. When you start to allow that grace to flow through you, man, I'm telling you, you'll be able to do way more than you could, you could have done in your own strength. It's a grace thing. Amen? And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you for your uh, uh, awesome children. We thank you for your uh, 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 leaders that you have called to change this world. Every single person under the sound of my voice, Lord, I know that you have put a, a calling and a purpose on the inside of them to radically change this world, whether it be in the business world, in the government sphere, whether it's in the arts and entertainment, in the media, uh, whether it's in the church. Lord, we just thank you, Father, that you are raising them up, whether it's in the education. We thank you, Father, that you are raising them up to be positioned, their hearts to be positioned for your grace to flow through them. Lord, I thank you that they will have a clarity of vision, just like the Apostle Paul uh, said in... Uh, in uh, uh, Philippians 3.13 that I do not count myself to have apprehended but the one thing I do Lord I thank you that their visions will be the one thing that they will do one thing that they will do he said I forget all that's behind and I press forward towards the mark of his high calling and so Lord we thank you Father that the vision you have given us, just like you gave to the Apostle Paul to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Lord, I thank you that we'll be faithful uh, to that which you have called us to do. We will not try and do what somebody else is doing, but we will uh, run and have confidence in what you have graced us to do. We thank you, Father. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And someone say, Amen. Amen. Now we hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.